0: Welcome everyone to episode 22 of Rhythm Encounter, RPG Fan's Music Podcast. I'm Stephen Meyer, Taylor's on the Boards. I am your perennial host, and joining me today is a new face to RPG Fan Music. Well, you're not new anymore. You're an old Relatively Yeah, Relatively
1: I'm, new. I'm, I'm still mostly new. I'm Mike Solosi, Monsoon on the Boards, and I am super excited about our guest today. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, it's going to be great. <laughs> yes, today we have
0: the great pleasure of speaking to Chris Gehan and Dan Byrne-McCullough of Hyperduck Soundworks. Dan and Chris, welcome and thank you for being here. Thank you for having us on. We've been big fans of your work. I know when I hired Mr. Solosi here, I believe we actually, you, you did a review of the Penny Arcade 4 soundtrack, didn't you, Mike?
1: I did. That was my, I guess my... That was I your my, yeah, it, it, was my, it was my resume piece and it was also my first review that got published on an RPG fan. Yeah, yeah so... I'm a big fan.
0: And uh, I I first became uh, familiar with y'all's work through Dust. I actually heard the soundtrack before I knew anything about the game, and it convinced me to go buy the game just so I could hear (laughs) it. It's just one of those cases where I'm, I'm easily bought by music I enjoy, especially when it comes to games. So, you know, kudos on that. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, I think, uh, Mike, you're going to start off with the uh, questions here, so go right ahead.
1: Sure. All right. Now, first, uh, we'd love our listeners to hear a little bit of background about you guys. Uh, so go ahead and tell us how the two of you met and what circumstances led to you collaborating. And also, I guess, your uh, musical background a little bit. So go ahead. and Inform us.
2: Go for it, then. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> All
2: right. Um, so... Uh, Me and Chris have known each other for a long time. We've been friends since we were teenagers. And um, then, so we'd always kind of mucked around playing playing music and bands and stuff like that, you know, really, really awful bands. Then eventually we started to actually educate ourselves and go to college and we went through all the rigmarole of doing some music diplomas and we even went on to move on to university across the water in newcastle upon Tyne. we did a jazz degree and a lot of performance ended around performance chris was a drummer and a piano player and i was a guitarist so we spent a lot of time playing together and living together and playing games together <laughs> so i guess uh, that was our background before we did any sort of video game music
3: and then uh, in first year of university was when we did a favor for a friend called uh dan ramar and we ended up writing music for a game a freeware game called easy and that's just kind of where um we started everything i guess after that people said they really liked it and we thought it was kind of interesting that people really like a uh, video game music that's not from their childhood so we kind of just kept going with it and just kept i don't know we, we were going to be jazz musicians you know working the working the circuit, but. Uh, we decided to be uh, video game composers. Yeah, <laughs> Pretty I, true, though. <laughs> I, I, I took
0: piano lessons for a couple of years in high school before I went to college, and my teacher was a jazz pianist, and he was like, you know, a 60-year veteran of playing jazz shows. So when he would play, I'd be like, uh, eh, C chord, uh, uh, and he'd be <laughs> like, here, let me invert that for you 400 times upside down with one hand. Yeah, so yeah. jazz is not easy yeah, to play.
1: Yeah, jazz piano is no joke. I was a pianist for many years, and... I didn't even approach that level of ability. I, Yeah.
3: <laughs> I think you pretty much have to have no social life to be <laughs> an amazing jazz musician. But uh,
1: Well, yeah. I'm glad we got you guys. <laughs> yeah, our lives are enriched for the better for the uh, choice that you made to compose game soundtracks, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: If only we were more skilled, you know. <laughs> We'd probably be a lot per actually, exactly. as well. You know, But that's a different story as well. <laughs>
0: So, can we talk a little bit about your creative process? Like, you know, you've worked with uh, Zaboid Games a lot. When you make a game yeah. soundtrack, do you, do, the desi- do you work with the designers? Like, do you get storyboards and artwork for the mood of the music that should go with it? Or, mm-hmm. you know, how, how does your process work? Like, do you guys work separately, or do you work really closely, or does it sort of vary?
3: Well, generally, we'll, um, we've kind of got a, a routine now that we know what to ask when we go into a new project. But because we've worked with um, Robert and Bill... On Penny Arcade beforehand, we've developed a a process with them that we actually developed through working with Dean, which was really, you know, uh, talking about an area in a game, talking about music that they like, uh, building up a small list of, like, style references and influences from other games or albums or whatever to get an idea of what the, like, musical tone and mood would be like for that area. And then we just kind of use that and repeat that process for... Um, every part, every aspect of the game, you know, whether it's sound or a cutscene or an actual, you know, a battle theme or whatever it is, you know, and uh, it seems to work pretty well for us. So we just kind of, you know, we do that. We have kind of a sketchboard of, you know, YouTube links that just uh, go to various <laughs> computer game, you know, tracks, and uh, that just sort of it sets up, you know, the the idea in our head. But we never really, we never really follow the style that is influencing the whole area of the game for that part you know it's kind of just like it's like a like a kickstarter you know it just gets the ball rolling kind of thing and then we we go off on a happy tangent and come up with something absolutely totally different than what they asked for and (laughs) <laughs> they seem to like it anyway so it's okay. We're oh yeah, like.
1: Robert Boyd loves talking you guys up on Twitter. He's he he's, oh, been, man. he's maybe even a bigger fan of you than I am. He Like we were going a lot of our faith, PR,
3: but uh, he does, <laughs> you know, he does plenty of it for us so there's no need. <laughs> right on.
1: Yeah, so what's, do you have a favorite thing or a notable thing that strikes you about working with Robert and Bill from Z-Boyd?
3: They're, they're honest and they know what they want. And they know, they're kind of like deans, like uh, they know what they want, but they also know to just let us do our thing, which is really nice. Don't really always get that like perfect balance of, you know, like clear referencing and people sort of just having, you know, enough confidence to leave it in our hands and let us sort of put our mark on it. So it's good good that way you know and they're they're just really nice guys like
2: so yeah we're we're really lucky they're they're always really excited to get a new track from us and uh thankfully they actually like our music in general (laughs) so uh but i mean it's sometimes it's hard robert you want to see what the skype conversation looks like sometimes we'll 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 have been busting ourselves all week putting together a track and then we'll stick it up and explain (laughs) it and then robert will go yeah, this works. And that's it. And that's it. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Maybe he didn't like it that much. And then, like, a few days later, he'll be like, oh, yeah, this is one of my favorite tracks. It's amazing.
3: Yeah. what? You'll, like, give him a big, long-winded explanation. You're like, oh, my God, I really, like, hope he likes this track. It's, like, the final boss track. And then he'll be like, sounds good. (laughs)
0: You're like, I thought this was going to be a hard sell, man. (laughs) (laughs)
3: But, But we've learned that means, like, you know, he's, like, Summer salting in his chair, applauding, you know, air horns, everything. <laughs> he's he's just celebrating that tune to the highest of his ability, I guess. But uh sound good line- means oh my god, that is amazing. I've never heard something so good in Robert language.
1: Yeah, I I don't wanna put words in his mouth necessarily, but I mean <laughs> those uh Z Boy does Everything in their games, from coding to uh, basic design to art assets, everything is all of is all those two guys, except for the audio. So yeah. um, that they have chosen to work with you a second time and are such enthusiastic fans of yours. Really, I think I, I think that your work blows them away because it's something completely out of their wheelhouses, and you do such a stellar job of doing it. So yeah. uh, let's let, let's talk about um, some of these. Both your most recent games and your and this upcoming Cosmic Star Heroine from z uh, Cosmic Star Heroine is very strong distinctly a science fiction game it's inspired by fantasy star among other things Woo-hoo! and uh, and the soundtrack and the soundtrack uh see at least the tracks that you've released so far really do match the setting and tone and i'm, I'm super excited to play the game if it wasn't already obvious and <laughs> it's a it's really different from dust which was a fantasy setting with sort of more atmospheric orchestral music and penny arcade 4 uh, really went all over the map with um, some orchestral stuff, some more straightforward rock stuff, because that game is, you know, sort of a send-up or, like, a pastiche of traditional Japanese RPG settings. Like, oh, here's the desert part, here's the jungle, here's the future tower, here's the more, here's you know, the antiquated the tower.
0: Too.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> that that's three very different RPGs with different settings and tones. So, like... When you approached each of those games, how was your process different for
2: each one? I mean, for Dust, I don't know if you've heard them, but I think we've got some of the kind of classic tracks on the soundtrack because the soundtrack for Dust started out completely different from what it ended up as. I mean, it was this kind of old school Japanese '90s out there, brash music with East Three, East Four, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like like, and it started out like that. We pretty much finished. The soundtrack, and then at the last minute, it was, well, not the last minute, but after we thought we'd finished it, it was like from I think from some producers at Microsoft, or Dean had suggested, he goes, I think we need to make this more orchestral. And then I was like, Okay, so <laughs> we, we had to redo the whole thing, which was interesting, but absolutely worth it, I think, in the end. So, th- but that was. That was a good call, whoever did that, because I think the music definitely suited the style much better in the end because of the, the art style of the game, and it it gave it a wider appeal for sure, I would imagine. Then as for Penny Arcade game, that was a really good area for us, I think probably because I'm I'm like 28 years old, so is Chris. We both grew up in the, that kind of age of the 16-bit era. RPGs and all those games, and, and we, it's pretty much in our veins as to what those games sound like. And then we were really lucky because we just got to kind of fuse those old school sounds with just our own stuff, which is just whatever we feel like doing sometimes, you know, it really depends. But it was always in service of that type of game that we both pretty much grew up playing quite a lot of. So, and I think that's probably why they hired us because they know that's what we were were good at we had a kind of an instinctive feel for that type of game then for Cosmic Star I don't know I'll let Chris talk about that because that's all just synth land
3: 80s the 1980s the year was 1980 yeah Uh, yeah, Cosmic Star was it was just like Robert was showing it to us I think or talking about it whenever we were coming to the end of episode 4 and um, basically asked us if we wanted to do Cosmic Star, and I think he pitched it as, what was it, it was like a, a RPG based in the future, where you play a secret agent who's also like this like movie star. And I was like, okay, that sounds, that sounds perfectly fine. <laughs> I will do that. And uh, I was like, I was like, are you going to go for it? And he's like, uh, and he like, like briefly touched on like something that was like, you know, early 90s. And I just like flooded him with like 1980s, like references <laughs> so quickly, just because I was like finally getting to jump into that, that world. So uh, we got we definitely get to sort of flex our uh, 80s, early 90s muscles in this to some extent kind of fancy star four God, I got so many references. even like you know likes of like bleach you know well, that wasn't one of their references but like you know i we threw that in there and and then you got chrono trigger you know that's obviously a massive influence for cosmic star if not musically you oh know, yeah definitely you know the the roots of the game yeah especially
1: especially just looking at how the parties of characters move around and oh, yeah. encounter enemies it, it really screams chrono trigger
3: yeah, no, big time. Like, um, I think they went for a kind of blend of Chrono Trigger and another game. I'm not sure. It might have been Fantasy Star, or I'm not sure. Um, don't quote me on that because I can't remember if they. Because I know they were originally going for like a kind of like it was just going to be like the Chrono Trigger battle system, but the, they went for a kind of hybrid as well. So like you know that they're they were putting their mark on it at the same time. So it was it was kind of like up to us to put our mark on you know, what were very obviously late, late 80s, early 90s uh, musical influences, so it's been a lot of fun, it's been a lot of saxophone used in the soundtrack <laughs> <laughs> uh, whether whether Dan has uh, agreed with it or not, I think he's kind of got Stockholm Syndrome with the saxophone now that I've put everywhere <laughs> and he's just uh, i love it, saxophone. it's great. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, it's I don't know, it's been a lot of fun, I think we're approaching, tell you now maybe a rough amount of this is just music tracks by the way this is not the cutscene tracks which obviously will be on the final release as well but um let me see see. just looking in in my top secret folder uh yeah it's 50 or 49 tracks i think 49 like separate like music themes for people and places overall in the game so it's it's bigger than dust already and uh, we haven't even started scoring, like, you know, we haven't properly started scoring all the cutscene stuff yet. So it's, uh, I'd say it's the biggest project we've done to date. I think what we wanted to do was kind of sort of outperform ourselves to some extent over Dust, because that was such a massive thing for us anyway. But, yeah, I, th- I think we, we've done a good job anyway. So hopefully everyone else thinks so.
0: That's exciting. Yeah, no, I mean, I I, I had no idea it would be your biggest project. But, you know, like we said, we're I fans, don't think so. we...
3: <laughs> I don't think we realized it was going to be yeah, our biggest yeah. project. We were just like, oh, yeah, you know, like I, I, I expected maybe the scope of like Penny Arcade episode four again. Mm. Um, but it is, it's massive. Like, I mean, we've been working on it since uh, the Kickstarter got funded, which was January of last year. And like, we've been working flat out. Like there's been no lull in work um, awesome. flow for Cosmic Star for, for, for us, like for the past Year in a bit, so very cool. It's good. Yeah, it's that's, cool. That's
1: exciting. I think Penny Arcade Four only has twenty-five to twenty-eight uh, tracks from you on it. Really? Think, it's around twenty-five. But it, it has two from Penny Ar- from Penny Arcade Three and some uh, and some arranged versions. It's, oh yeah, the like,
3: extra ones. Yeah. Yeah,
1: but for, uh, forty-nine, man. Oh, yeah,
3: and I this is before wait. like anything else goes on it. I'm just like. <sighs> <laughs> The audio file. Master of me. all of this. <laughs> <laughs> Yay!
0: The, the audio, the, the the selfish audiophile in me who does not have to mix and master them is like doing a little twirl, like woo. Yeah. yeah. Sort of on on that similar note, when you when you've worked on Dust and Penny Arcade 4, I know like with the Dust soundtrack, you have the uh, the old school versions of the songs, and you have some arrangements on the Penny Arcade 4 soundtrack. Are there any other tracks that you make that don't get, you know, they sort of don't hit the cutting room floor, or they get left on the cutting room floor? Like, are those the kinds of things you might eventually release someday, or, you know, or do you usually, like, work very cleanly where there's no,
2: like, extra material left behind? Do you mean for Cosmic Star, or in uh, general?
0: Uh, more, more in general, like uh, in this case for PA4 and uh, Dust, since those ones are actually you know games that are done.
2: Yeah, we, we've been pretty lucky with a lot of uh, PA4. I mean, most, in fact, most of our relationship with eboy has been very fortunate for us. They've been totally on board with nearly everything we've written, uh, and usually because we work with the developers at an earlier stage in development of the the song, then that means that. If if it's not working out at the very beginning, we'll 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 change it, you know, uh, so we'll it's quite rare I find that we'll have to completely scrap a song, but that does happen so often. But if it gets scrapped and it wasn't right, it's probably not right to finish anyway, and we wouldn't really want to just release a, a rubbish song because we worked on it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean?
1: Cool. So is there a plan to release CSH in a physical form as well, or is it just going to be digital via the usual channels like mm. Bandcamp and Louder?
3: I don't know. I mean, I, it hasn't really been discussed. I mean, we could do it if there was a big demand for it, definitely consider it. But uh, at the minute, like, I mean, we are like we're literally doing one day at a time. We're just like because it's such a mammoth like sized pro- project that it's just uh-huh. like just getting it done is is the only thing we're really thinking about at the moment. We're only yeah. starting now to think about, you know, mix and mastering when that's going to happen for just the in-game version of the soundtrack. And then, you know, I think initially it'll just be the digital virgin- version of it because it's like, um, right. it's, it's a good bit of work to do the physical release. But I do really, you know, I really like that kind of thing, you know, and I, I like collecting like physical copies of soundtracks that I really like as well, and so I know that's like that will be something a lot of people were asking about. But um, for now, I'd say just digital, just to keep it keep, keep our sanity. <laughs> yeah, this is
1: this is really neither here nor there. But I mean, the the market for both um, games and music is in a really fascinating place right th- right now, because yeah. no one's really sure th- how much people value physical and how much people are willing to pay for digital, and there's a lot of Uncertainty and experimentation going on in that front, but uh, and, and enough, about, <laughs> enough about that, I guess. Uh, oh, yeah. Now, you have these three great soundtracks that we've been talking to are sort of, you know, your, I, I would say your three um, largest releases that are all RPGs that our, our fans are uh, many of whom are very interested in. But you've also done a couple of arranged tracks on the side for different music projects, like the like the Fez FZ albums, did a bonus track for Super Ubi Land, you did some music for Chrono Trigger, music for 25 games. So, from a musician's perspective, what's the difference in terms of time and effort and approach between original pieces for your uh, soundtracks and arranged pieces for works like those?
3: The approach? It's a lot more difficult, I would say, because... If I'm arranging someone else's music, especially like, you know, like the Zelda remix, the small fry one we did way, way, way back. Uh Or like the Chrono Trigger ones more recently. Like I had the same, had the same like kind of scared feeling (laughs) when they were getting put together because it's like, I don't know. I mean, some people will do remixes and they just release them and they'll be happy with them. You know, the way they are, they may not be, you know, the most incredible remixes, but they're, you know, those people they they enjoyed making it and it's just their way of going I really love that game or I love that time in my childhood where I play Chrono Trigger or Zelda or whatever and this is kind of my tribute to it where it's like kind of shit myself whenever I'm like remixing and stuff like that because it's such a big deal I don't want to like I don't want to half heartedly do it um, and, and you don't no
1: want to dishonor that uh, composer that you really respect so much
3: yeah and like there's no one like not that we you know not that Robert and Bill for example would you know go well I guess they do they, they do tell us to stop by saying yep that sounds good we can approve that and that wraps up a track but you, there's no one there to you know wrap up your remix except you or maybe you know the album release deadline so like for Chrono Trigger I was pretty much like rehashing it right up until the point where um, Randy from Elder Geek was like, "Uh, I'm going to be releasing this tomorrow. I was like, right, there you go. (laughs) Take that version of the remix. And um, I just you have to just sort of... It's that thing that uh, a lot of composers, I think, get where you have to eventually stop sort of tinkering with music. And just, you know, that has to be it. You know, you you can't just... The longer you, like, tinker with something, you're going to just sort of risk making it worse or, you know... I mean, you're just, you're, you're fine-tuning stuff that you'll, only you'll really notice, like, so. I'd say uh, remixing is a bit more time, is a lot more time-consuming than working with, you know, a developer, it essentially, is almost like, you know, uh, your director, you know, your music di- director, or at the end of the day, they're your client, so, you know, if they say yes, that's done, then it's done. That's why we don't really do remixes too often, because just don't have the time. <laughs> they take up so much time it's crazy like so
0: yeah that makes sense i guess you have more a lot more considerations in mind when you're doing that too in terms of like how does this compare to the original how close am i going how close am i not going
3: yeah well that's it like it's it's a bit of a head melt
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's, it's sort of like you're trying to do you know you're trying to paint over someone else's painting but starting from scratch
3: yeah that's that's the perfect way to describe it i'd say yeah that's you don't movie. want
1: to end up like that woman that uh, repainted a better version of the Moza, Mona Lisa. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: Oh my gosh, that was a bad idea. Oh wow. Was... Yeah, no, that was that was the worst <laughs> remix I've ever seen.
2: Uh, <laughs> I prefer it. <laughs> you, 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 would prefer it. I like the Avent Well, it, it has it has Shane it has actually.
1: the comedy value of like extremely bad poetry. But
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, need to, I need to see that picture. Now, <laughs> Just
0: look it up on Google and laugh. <laughs>
3: It's, it's, it's hilarious,
0: but it's sort of tragic. It's painful to think about what that means. Oh,
3: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we actually, um, this is not really related, but me and Dan have a folder that we've collected over years called, uh, it used to be called 10-Minute Wonders, and it was kind of like our way of like what amount of music, what, ca- what amount of music and what quality of music could we make in 10 minutes. And uh, it's full of some, some things I would probably compare to that painting. I would say definitely, that, that, that rework of that painting. And it's never 10 minutes. It's always like three hours, four <laughs> hours. I've spent a stupid amount of time on some songs that I've made for, for just Dan's ears. Like
2: <laughs> No one else.
3: <laughs> no like one else. Movies. Like We have a folder, top secret folder that we shared and no one else is ever, ever going to hear. <laughs> it would well, be the uh, end of Hyperduck Soundworks, as we know it, I'd say.
0: It's the magic sketchbook. That's where all the kazoo themes are.
3: Yep. Yeah, yeah, that's what that's what they are, kazoo themes. Yeah, that sounds
1: that sounds like Prince's vault of unreleased music that he just draws from once a year just to mess around.
3: Oh, we never uh. draw from that folder. That is, <laughs> there's <laughs> nothing there that can be salvaged. Like, so. that,
0: that one's under lock and key. It sounds like.
3: Yeah, no, it's no, yes. So
1: and now I'm curious. Ugh. <laughs> wish you hadn't told that story now
3: I mean, I, I can give you an idea of what's in there, there is one song called Dan Laugh Synth, where I sampled Dan's laugh <laughs> into a sample library and then put a drum beat to it so,
0: that sounds wonderful
3: <laughs> and that's one of the more uh, digestible songs, I'd say so, <laughs> if you call it a song
2: you stretch creative <laughs> muscles that way though
3: yeah, no, I miss doing that, we should do that more often Dan, actually,
2: it's like, yeah, it's like, you know whenever you get these super forward thinking companies that Give everyone a day every month, and they say, "Go do whatever you want and see what ideas come out." That's kind of what we do. It's like a little palate cleansing, yeah. Exercise, except for music,
3: yeah.
0: That's, yeah. That's I can it. dig that. Yeah. <laughs> so
2: if you just don't want to hear what comes out.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <know. laughs> so uh, speaking of things that are maybe under lock and key, um, can you guys ta- do? You guys have any other projects upcoming that you're uh, working on that you can talk about, or is that sort of still? up in the air, or a secret?
2: Hmm. <laughs> um, we actually, we've been focusing on getting rid of a lot of our projects, you know, because it felt like we possibly took on quite a few too many projects at once. And then the scope of Cosmic Star stretched out uh, and got so much larger that we figured, yeah, we, we better just focus on this. Um, I think we've got a couple of smaller things that... I don't know right now if we can actually talk about them, I'm afraid. But, well, that's okay.
3: Uh, I, I don't even know what they are, so yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're like, no, literally we can't talk about them. We don't know what they are. Yeah, yeah. Well,
3: <laughs> <laughs> We'd have to ask the
2: the third Hyperduck. Yeah. The we one that nobody knows about. Should have actually Ooh. cleared it. Um could we talk about monsters and monocles? Uh yeah. No, yeah. of course. I think that's fine. Yeah, we're working with the Retro Dreamer guys on their next game called Monsters and Monocles, which is like a kind of a top down four player uh, shooter. And it's. uh, You can actually check it out on. It's on Steam Greenlight, I think. And. uh, Yeah. They're going for uh, an early release soon. And. It's been a lot of fun, actually. It's a completely different soundtrack from. Uh, what we're currently working on, so, but uh, we'll hopefully get some updates on that pretty soon. I'd say put some music out there.
3: Yeah, cool. I, I think that'd be cool. If us, um, we need to confirm with them, but uh, we'll probably be able to share some of that music publicly soon. I guess. I mean, you can hear some of it in their their trailer, um, but yeah, it's kind of fun. It's kind of weird. There's a like a Gremlin choir used it quite extensively in that soundtrack so far. So. Yeah, it's like orchestra, sort of orchestra with uh, gremlins. Yeah, that's what it is. (laughs) That's the best way I could describe the music. I'm down. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So we'll we'll skip to some more uh, general stuff here uh, as we kind of get ready to wind up. But uh, I I like to ask this question of every musician we have on the show. Um, Who are some of you as musical heroes? Like, you know, your favorite artists, your favorite game composers, favorite, you know, mainstream bands. Um, who are they? And then sort of related to that, if you all could like do a collab with anybody, you know, living, dead, uh, a Japanese musician, a- American from anywhere in the world, uh, no, you know, th- no actual terrestrial limitations here. Who would that uh, person be or persons?
2: You mm-hmm. go ahead first, Chris.
0: Uh,
3: what was the first question? <laughs> <laughs>
0: I, I, I buried like four in there. Uh, musical musical <laughs> heroes like your you know really influential oh, or your favorite artists. Musical heroes.
3: Um, uh, the I would say uh, the first one that came to my mind is a uh, Bleach composer, uh, Shiro yes. Sagisu. Yes, Um Just all the music in Bleach. Like I binged watched that at um, a very unbusy part of my life <laughs> I'm pretty sure I lay in bed for a good solid four to five days and watched all of Bleach and uh, yeah no I mean the music in in Bleach is just incredible and um I think after watching Bleach so much that there was always something I in me that I wanted to like kind of you know pay homage to that soundtrack in some ways and uh, I kind of get the chance to. Uh, we, got, we got a chance to kind of do that in some of the themes for Cosmic Stars, so it's pretty cool. Um, if I could uh, work with anybody in particular, uh, probably the Trollalo guy, but he's dead, so.
2: Aww. <laughs>
1: yeah. Now I want to hear some of his music sampled and synthesized by you in your secret notebook.
3: Oh. Oh. Shit. Yeah, okay. and we will share that one with you
1: oh perfect (laughs) yahtzee
3: oh man i've just like signed my my that sounds like a slam dunk
2: (laughs) (laughs) um what do you reckon dan music hero uh i mean a a sort of consistent hero for me you know it does change all the time Uh, but um consistent one would probably be pat metheny group oh of course uh, well, all, anything that Pat Metheny does, he's, I guess, if you don't know, he's well, he's pretty big in the States, isn't he? Uh, a composer and guitar player, mostly kind of jazz music, but his, the breadth of stuff that he writes is just unbelievable. And as an improviser, he's just like one of my favorite. So that kind of informs a lot of my ideas, although I wouldn't even be anywhere near his level. Um as for game composers i mean i owe i owe way too much to nobuo matsu for the just for final fantasy 7 I mean, oh well
1: yeah. he, he's a hell of a starting point
2: uh, uh, yeah uh, and i mean i'm sure it's the same answer for a million game composers but i actually i, I, yeah, do I was
0: going to say we a lot of composers are very influenced particularly by ff7 uh, our last yeah. guest was ff7 as well
2: yeah, I mean, uh, eight is good as well. I like I like a lot of his stuff, but seven stuck with me. I think just, but that's because of the story relevance and and it was just, I, I loved it. But yeah, um,
1: and Final Fantasy Seven was the first game in the series that was released in Europe. So was that 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 was, was that your first exposure to Matsu?
2: Yeah, I think so. I, I think I played. Uh, I don't think he was involved in Mystic Quest, was he? It was called Mystic Quest on yeah. Game Boy no. in Europe. And I don't know. They, I, I get confused by what their own names. Yeah, there's
1: stick. yeah, there, there's so many of them <laughs> that <laughs> they have their <laughs> names changed from region to region. Yeah, yeah, and
2: yeah.
1: It's, <laughs> it's kind of a mess.
2: Yeah, I think Seven would have been the first time I'd heard them, and it was just because it was all thematic and it was character themes and all that. It was the first time I'd really heard that, and I loved it. And I, it's because I love the game story as well that I think yet you. Put so much attachment to it. and I'm pretty sure everyone who loves Final Fantasy VII thinks the same about the music. Oh, yeah,
0: absolutely! Um,
2: yeah, so that that informed a lot of my my writing style, I guess. And but I love other things. I love a lot of them. Uh, Hotline Miami, I really enjoyed.
3: Oh, that's yeah. great stuff! Was, yeah. Was, <laughs> was, oh, yeah, all those guys, awesome.
2: Yeah, I know there's so many people, but I could never have touched any of that. Really, I would I would never have come up with that any of the music that was going on there i don't think so that's great so good
3: i'm just going to say also every single composer that worked on mega man x oh, yeah That was oh like oh my God. Yeah. To fall that, down that, there usually yeah
1: that that capcom like just battery of composers it's kind of oh. tricky to figure out exactly who composed what mega man thing same thing oh. for castlevania music because it was it was just sort of an internal capcom team or konami for castlevania but so much of it is amazing oh. yeah
3: the list is like I think it's like five, six, or four. I don't know. It's, it's a good handful of composers, like X, like the X series right through to. Well, I stopped playing at four, but like
1: oh, you picked so a good, good stopping point. No joke.
0: Oh really? Yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> that was my last one. But the music in that one was really good as well, actually. But the uh, yeah, excellent.
0: Yeah, I. It's funny that you mentioned that because those. I, I'm the same age as you, also. Like, I'm I'm roughly the same age as you. Yeah. <laughs> so Final Fantasy VII was my first in the series too. So like, for me, w- when I think of that, I I ta- when we do regular episodes of the music show. W- if we play a Final Fantasy VII track, I always have to catch myself from like making the same comments that I make every time of like, oh man, that sound font, in Final Fantasy VII. It's just it's so distinctive. You could tell FF seven from one note and, uh, it's, yeah. Being my first exposure to that, that to Uematsu's work too, it's I could definitely dig why it's so influential because I mean it's why I'm a big fan of game music these days. So
1: right. So um, I think we may have touched upon this a little bit, but I was gonna ask, uh, do you have any personal favorite game soundtracks that have influenced you, or maybe a particular song that's really stuck with you over the years from particular soundtracks?
3: Oh. <sighs> I, I mean, I was just gonna say Mega Man X again, but uh, just because uh, it took me thirteen years to complete Mega Man X. Hey, congratulations! You finished it. Yeah. Though. I, I hey, that, that final
1: it. boss is can be pretty rough. You gotta be super good at that wall jumping
3: he's tough as nails. Like, I, that floating head, oh, hated him so much. I get Stupid angry nice. when
0: I see people that can do the Hadouken on that boss. Like, they get
1: in there, they don't get hit, and then they Hadouken on the platform, and I'm just yeah, like, Yeah, on, hey, on the platform, thing. like, just a millisecond after you land on it from some impossible wall dash jump. It's like, what, what are you even doing,
3: man? <laughs> I get angry when I,
1: people are better than me at games.
3: Uh, I just accept it and just, you know, keel over and cry in a corner because so, so I, I a, never do the Hadouken. So, yeah. <laughs>
1: Sorry to interrupt, but are you more of a Storm Eagles guy or more of a, say, Spark Mandrel guy?
3: Oh, oh stage Spark teams? Mandrel. I mean, I did the, I wouldn't call it a remix, but the, I did, you know, remake the Storm Eagle theme tune with all yeah. their sounds.
1: That guitar uh, hook at the beginning oh, of Storm. Oh, so good. That, that will stick with me forever. That's so great. It's you guys
3: are right. I should go
1: play Mega Man X today.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm getting, getting a hankering for it. Oh, man. Um, I don't know. I just, yeah, gotta be predictable and just say Mega Man X. Everything. There's there's no particular tune. There's just all of them, or maybe the world theme from Final Fantasy 7 I remember that just as always stuck in my head from when I was watching my cousin play it when I was younger. So so good.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Um, mine mine are pretty much the same. I'm just, they're just the ones that really stuck with me when I was younger, and they're kind of ingrained in your in your formative years. Or your your early years, sorry. And um, I don't know. Oh, one soundtrack I loved when I first heard it was Quick Two. Oh, yes. Do you remember that? Was that so, was that Sonic Mayhem or was that? I was. I was, was Sonic Mayhem. I think
3: that was Sonic was Mayhem. True. That was
2: an awesome yeah, yeah. soundtrack. I loved it just because it was. I was a guitar player, and it was just riffs and just guitar and drums. It was perfect. <laughs> I loved it.
3: Yeah. The Quick Three one was pretty good as well, actually. I remember Rocktronica. It's the only track. I remember from that. It was a really good track. But uh, yeah, I could. I mean, that list could just keep going. You know, it's it's hard to like stop at one song. But, yeah,
0: well, it's like you know, pick one for now. Yeah,
3: you yep. say pick one song. I picked an entire soundtrack. So hey, that's perfect. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so right, that we were talking earlier about the different games that you've done and how each has you had a different sort of thematic approach to each soundtrack so is there a genre of music that you'd like to experiment with that you haven't messed around with before
3: Hmm. i mean it was kind of the 80s for me like that kind of blend and then cosmic star kind of let me do that but once i was able to do it i I didn't necessarily like an 80s style so i don't know i can't really think past that one because i wanted to do that one for so long like so I gotta really think about it. I mean, um, Dan and I are writing uh, an original EP together at the minute, which is kind of letting us do just new sounds that we haven't done before. Kind of like sort of prepared felt piano and awesome guitar sounds and stuff. So I don't know. I mean, uh, it's for me. Uh, it's it's hard to say what I want to do next. I'm just kind of excited to see what sort of comes our way.
1: I mean, I guess related to that question, is there a style of music that you'd like to see featured in more video games, or is the answer to this going to be
3: the 1980s also?
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> uh, no, I think the less the better, because that means we can do it. <laughs> <laughs> I <Right on.
2: laughs> don't know. I mean, I'd love to hear some genuine kind of folk music or uh, more acoustic instruments in a, in a real setting, you know, but I don't know if, it, if there's much, many games that lend themselves to that. Style, none that I can think of so much, but uh, apart from maybe like the stuff the Elder Scrolls stuff. But I mean, Jeremy done an amazing job on that already. Yeah, he's I know uh,
3: Awesome uh, Wentry's doing cool stuff with the next Banner Saga stuff.
2: Ah, yeah, yeah. When you said
1: folk acoustic music, that is exactly where my mind went. The Banner yeah. Saga's music is so
2: incredible. Yes, yeah. it is nice, actually, from what I've heard, and um, yeah. So it's already been done. It's all been done. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I mean, you could go electroacoustic music, which is pretty crazy. You could do anything with that. I mean, I don't know. Else? That's the kind of exciting thing. I mean, it depends on on whatever next game gets made. You know, games are still in their infancy, in my eyes. So the music is going to change with that. And the exciting thing is that we don't really know what's going to be around the corner. I could never have predicted Hotline Miami and I could never have <laughs> anyone was going to do with half of these games. So, yeah, I don't know.
0: Yeah, well, I, you know, I, I always get really excited about that. We, you know, we have that, our, like, mission statement at RPG Fan Music and, like, how we, like, spread appreciation of game music or whatever. And, uh, you know, it is it is kind of crazy. Like, ten even, like, ten years ago, I just would not have realized the scope of, of how, like, game audio has expanded in terms of, like, the number of styles and the way people are going about doing it. It's just crazy. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Considering
0: it used to be like, you know, all right, this Japanese composer did a soundtrack for a game and maybe they'll release a soundtrack for it in Japan only.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so annoying.
0: I, I think, uh, I think we'll wind down now. This last question sort of a softball. You know, do, do you have any general advice for people who do what you all do? Um, you know, closing comments, anything you'd like to say, anything you want to plug, go right ahead. Good time to do it.
3: Well, for, I mean, I've said this a few times before, but like, you know, and we do get, I mean, we get emails in every week, I would say, uh, from other composers who are like just starting out or have been going for a, a while and just aren't hitting the stride they want to hit them. Um, I would just always say, just, you know, go look for your work and while trying to emulate other people's sound, you know, to like learn how that technique is done, also try to put your own, your own mark on your sound. You want to, like, um, Dan and I, we do try styles. You know, we've done orchestral, we've done, 80s ish whatever it is we've done rock with we've done lots of different styles you know we've done if you could call it gypsy, gypsy jazz you know uh we've done that but we've always tried to put our own kind of mark on it so i'd say try and put your own original mark on it and also just make sure you're actually enjoying doing it because if you're miserable then it's really really not worth it like i don't think um me and dan are miserable at, at any of the work that we get to do like you know it's it's always fun it's quite incredible and we're really really lucky we're really humbled that we actually do get to do what we do and um have that much creative freedom with it so yeah there's there's something in there somewhere i think
2: (laughs) (laughs) i would say just just listen and absorb as much as you possibly can and um yeah find a find a way to enjoy it as much as possible because what's the point otherwise <laughs> that's the and truth and I know that's a bit of a cop out of, of an answer you know, <laughs> no, it's, no, like a, it's like follow your dreams listen to everything and, and work harder than everyone
3: <laughs> well, yeah, be yeah. yourself yeah, yeah. <laughs> be hyperducks.
0: be hyperducks. That's a, that's, yeah. that's a good closer
3: yeah no outside sounds so pretentious <laughs> <laughs> be us us.
0: No, I I, I, to- <laughs> I totally agree not to hop on your coattails or anything. But like the, that's the best advice I received. Like I, I you know before I went to grad school, I was like you know working at a place I didn't like, and you know it, I had a lot of people that were like, well, you have a job, keep it. And then I had a lot of people who were, well, you're miserable, so go do what makes you happy. So yeah. then that, that was the right call. So I, I think that's I think that's it, it may seem like a cop out, but that's really good advice I think for people to keep in mind. Because if you hate what you do, yeah. then why do it?
2: Yeah. Um, and, and I mean, the other thing is when you're trying to maybe figure out exactly oh what your style is and what's good, you've always got to try and remember you're at the service, first of all, of your client um, who's paying you to make music for them, but you're also at the service of the music and the game. And if you forget about that, I think you can get lost so easily and you just got to always keep that there. It's the service of the game and service of the music. Yes.
0: Well, thanks very much for that, and guys, thanks so much for taking your time to sit down and talk with us in the studio. Absolutely, it's it's been a pleasure. We, you know, like like we said at the beginning, we're big fans of your work, so we've been trying to uh, find a good time for quite a while. So, t- to Mike's credit for setting this up, great work as
3: well. Well, thanks for taking I, the time, Mike. Guys, I really appreciate it. No,
1: no, no. We're the ones who appreciate it, man. I've been just sitting in my chair, just <laughs> trying, just trying to hold myself back I, a little bit. <laughs> I,
0: I'm, in, I'm impressed actually because he has been super excited for this. I mean, I, I'm excited too, but like, you know, I think, I think, I think Mike is a self-professed Zaboid and Hyperduck fan
1: uh, I am. to uh, the
0: extreme. So, yeah. like every day, he's like, I can't wait. I'm like,
1: I know, right. So, I just, you know, conservatively, let's say it was four times a week. But yeah, I, I was four very times. excited for this interview. And thank you so much for agreeing to do this with us.
2: Oh, uh, No problem. Maybe we can do a follow up whenever Cosmic Stars are. We would love
0: to. Yeah, definitely. Maybe we can highlight some of the music in it. Yeah, cool. Awesome. Well, thank you all for listening. And for Mike, for Chris, and Dan, thanks everybody for being here. Have a good one.